Everyone, welcome to Richfield Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Dr. D. Santis, and I am joined with one of my esteemed colleagues. We've been working together for well over a decade. We both came from Richfield High School. I'd like to welcome everyone, our 612 math science supervisor, Jeffrey Corbishley. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Wes. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule. Today, we're going to talk about math. I think it's a, a great topic to bring you on. We've had Annie on talking about some humanity stuff. We've had uh, Linda on talking about uh, a lot of the, the curricular programs going on K through five. And we figured, well, we'll have you on to talk about math. Maybe we'll have a science show later in the year. Love it. Uh, but we'd figure we'd bring in the new year, talk about math. That's great. I mean, I could always talk about math. So this, exactly. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, you were a math teacher. I was a physics teacher. Uh, the Venn diagram of mathematics is very overlapped with our two subjects. Oh, incredibly. <laughs> incredibly. <laughs> incredibly. Incredibly. Maybe it's just one circle at that point. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your history in town and uh, some of the, the cool stuff that you've done, even maybe even outside of just Ridgefield. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, thanks for having me on. Mm -hmm. um, so I, as you said, I've been in Ridgefield a very long time. This is where I started my career. Yep. I'm still here. I think Ridgefield is an amazing town. It's an amazing district. Um, and so I really, I began as a high school math teacher um, and I was at the high school for 13 years. So in that time nice. I was, you know, I was a teacher for about, uh, I want to say it's about, I think it was about five, six years. And then yep. I moved up into the department chair role and was there to finish out my 13 years in the classroom. And then yeah. for, this is now my third year um, in this 612 math science super, uh, supervisor position here in the curriculum office at central office. So I, I will say it's, it's a neat position uh, because I get to be in both middle schools. I get to be in the high school. Yep. I get to work with math and science teachers. And as you said, there's such an overlap between the two. Um, yep. it's, it's just a really exciting job um, to be able to work with teachers, to be able to, you know, pop into classrooms, work with students, small groups. It's it's a really, it's a neat position. That's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just remember a lot of the, you, you do some other stuff outside of just Richfield. Uh, you're a part of like some cool math like yeah. state level stuff and even national level stuff yeah. you want to well we'll talk yourself up a little bit more before we move into the main show yeah no yeah. that's great no, I, you know I, I feel like i can't say no i think that's my problem so yeah. um i'm you know i am really involved in what's called atomic it's our state math teacher association so i've been on the board of that organization for a number of years um where i've done everything from um currently the conference chair so i help put on our state conference for educators um, annually, which we pull in about 600 educators, math teachers from around the state. Um, I've been involved in um, a secondary reform committee at the state level as one of the, mm -hmm. the leads, um, looking at how can we do high school math better. Um, and I've also been on the board for the Association for Teachers of Maths, Math in New England. Um, oh, so I awesome. am, I was the president for two years. Uh, I was the past president last year. So I have <laughs> stepped down from that position, but it was, an, it was again, another really neat opportunity to, to really learn from colleagues around New England, all the New England states of, you know, how are you organizing your math yeah. programs? What does instruction look like in your state? What are your state policies? What are your boards of ed, um, you know, focus on it and really kind of take some of the best ideas. Um, and then I, the other piece that I was involved in for a number of years um, was the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. Um, so that's the national organization. So for 
about uh, three and a half years. Uh, I've been off of that for about a year and a half now. Um, but what my role in that was really representing all of the Northeast, so New York State through New wow. England, um, and really kind of giving a voice for our representation of you know what do teachers in our region in our part of the country um, value? What are our needs? What are our next steps? Yeah. And kind of voice that to. Uh, the NCTM board of directors. Um, so that that was a really neat position. I got to really yeah. travel all over the country, um, kind of meeting with educators from around uh, the United States and Canada. Um, and again, it's a, it was an opportunity to bring so many ideas back into the job here in Ridgefield. Yep. Um, so it, it's it's one of those things with any educator out there, any way that you can kind of get out of your own district. There's so many good ideas here, but the only way your organization can get better, I think, is if you look outside and try to pull some, some good ideas. So it's, you know, I, yeah, I've been very involved, um, but I love it. <laughs> no, and again, I, I would say calling you an asset to the district is an understatement. <laughs> and and I think that's something that uh, we here at Ridgefield have really leaned into, especially these past five years, is really going out there, seeing what other people are doing, it, bringing it back, bringing that insight back mm -hmm. to us and seeing how it fits in with us. I think so often, one of two things happens. Either you become so insular that you just stay inward mm -hmm. or you go so outward that you bring something back and it might not be a good fit. I think it's so great that we have a really collaborative leadership here with teachers, uh, many stakeholders in the community. Agreed. We go out there, we get the, and I say insight with air quotes, and then we bring it back and see how it fits into us. What can we make improvements on and how can we move forward? So great. Thank you so much for, uh, for giving us that little recap. But, um, excited to have you on and we'll just kind of get to it because there's some exciting new program updates that's happening to mathematics at the secondary level. And those who are listening, uh, when we say secondary level, that is anything beyond elementary. So we just say 612. Right. Um, but it's, it's uh, the secondary math. So uh, yeah, what's uh, some of the highlights? What are some of the cool uh, program updates that are happening? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just to start with, I think one of the exciting things that happened last year is we pulled together a team of teachers across high school math, middle school math. We brought in high school science teachers physics teachers, chemistry teachers, yep. we brought in special ed teachers, I mean, mm -hmm. administrators at the high school, yep. and we all kind of came together as one big brain trust. And we did a whole year of study of how could we modernize our math programming at the high school. Mm -hmm. um, that, that is, I think, is the biggest uh, work that we're going uh, through right now. And so what we really developed was a sense that, you know, we're really, our, our district does a really great job at preparing students um, for, you know, STEM related careers. And yeah. historically math programming, um, is this pathway to calculus. That's, that's yeah. kind of the history of the way math programming had been developed. Um, and there's a lot of conversations now at the state level. Um, I had the fortune of being one of the writers on a joint position statement. Um, so atomic, which is the board that I'm part of as well as the teacher group, uh, CCLM, which is the uh, Connecticut state leaders of math. Mm -hmm. Amtech, which is higher education folks, as well as our uh, State Department of Ed math rep, we all got together and wrote this equity statement that I'm actually proud to say was formally adopted by the State Board of Education. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Here. So it's really this, this push across the state to find ways to modernize math programming, especially at the high school level. So this was kind of, you know, in conjunction with all the work that our district had been doing of how could we make sure that the experience students receive in a math classroom is actually hitting 
you know, the, the trajectory of where they're going, whether that's to be a global citizen, whether that is yeah. military career, whether that's going into particular majors, they're not all going to be math majors. Absolutely. Yep. That, right. So we wanted to make sure that our programming really develops that, um, that idea. So, you know, through a year of study and an action plan, you know, we, the, the first change we're really making is opening up some options for kids after their algebra one experience. Yeah. So, one of the biggest things that we're doing is creating choice at the geometry level. So we currently okay. have a geometry intermediate, a geometry college prep, and then an honors geometry. So we have those three levels. Through the study, we really recognize that the geometry intermediate, which we always treated as college prep, kids yeah. that were going to, you know, taking college entrance exams, preparing for yeah. that, the curriculum is really no different. Um, than our than our other geometry options. So what we decided to do was kind of get rid of that geometry intermediate course moving forward um, and really offer two different options for kids. Um, one of them is a full year kind of traditional geometry at the college yeah. level. Um, and kids that, you know, really love spatial reasoning, kids that love proof, you know, there's yes. a whole segment of people out there that love that. Um, then there's another yep. option for kids where, you know, you could learn all the essentials of geometry in the first semester, what's going to lead to higher courses, you yep. know, what could be potentially in a career path. Um, and then the second half could be a, deep, a deeper dive into algebraic thinking. So this is the first year as kids are signing up for classes oh, after cool. either math eight or algebra one, they're going to have the opportunity to, if they choose a college prep level geometry mm -hmm. class, they get to actually make the choice. They're not going to be recommended into one of these. They get to choose. Do you want to take a full year of geometry in yeah. a more traditional sense? Or do you want to have an option where you're learning your geometry that you need, yep. and then you get to dig deeper into all that algebraic thinking that extends beyond algebra one, doesn't quite yeah. get to algebra two, um, but is a way to help prepare you for that algebra two experience. Um, so kids that love love their algebra units, or maybe loves a, a, a strong word, but at least yes. maybe they find they're really good at it, or yeah. you know that that's the direction they want to go in, that would be a good choice for them. So. The idea is kind of opening up choice and we, we have, you know, in the future, you know, Algebra 2 um, thoughts as well as opening up some new courses uh, post-Algebra 2, um, specifically with data science, you know, yeah. other major fields that, you know, in order to modernize, we got to make mm -hmm. sure we're preparing kids for the majors kids are actually taking yeah. in college and the jobs that are actually out there. And I think that's huge. I think the idea is if by offering this course, you have that, let's you know, I'm just using an example. You have that engineering child track who the kid wants to like design fidgets and widgets. You know, they like robotics, they like product design, they like this, and they want to do that more spatial reasoning, geometry. It's huge for that sort of stuff. But you have, might have students who, like you said, are into the data sciences. Mm -hmm. They may not be in the fine, they want to be in the finance sciences, or they might want to be in research sciences where that algebraic background is really, 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 really important. Mm -hmm. So and, and even social so sciences. Cool. I mean social if, science, if, absolutely. Yeah, understanding data and statistics. Yep. And you know, I, I would say to be a global citizen, we data is presented we're in a world of data. That, yes. that is where we're headed. So to be able to understand what's being put in front of you, that's an important skill for every single one of us. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, nine out of 10 people surveyed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's so cool. So uh, there's a lot of choices. There's mm -hmm. a lot of pathways. Uh, how does the math department like support students with this? How do they support the students at the high school, making sure they're on the right track? They're they're, you know, is, hey, I'll be honest, when I was in high school, you know, I didn't have my life trajectory planned out. <laughs> and, and that's uh, the biggest thing, yeah. it, it was making it flexible, you know, put, making sure that kids, you know, if they want to dabble, 
you know, in one option one year. And then they say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go into a STEM related field. Yeah. Let, let me see if there's another option. And th that's one of the, the, the reasons that we created that, um, that idea of choice. Um, but, you know, there, there are a lot of ways, you know, that, you know, students are supported. I mean, obviously extra help. I, you know, I think that's an obvious yeah. one. Um, but Absolutely. I know with the high school, the introduction of the flex period, um, you know, I walk around those math hallways, those rooms are filled because um, I think that there is a big need uh, to get the support. But I think one of the more exciting and impactful uh, changes that have happened over the last few years at the high school is we've really brought in kind of a, a merger of like an intervention program with like high usage to uh, tutoring. And, and so what we've been able to do is create what we call these algebra labs or geometry labs. Um, and it's Ooh. flexible. So, you know, teachers are allowed to schedule kids in based on how they're doing in the moment. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, needing to fill in those prerequisite skills. You know, they, they didn't master a pre-algebra standard. And so it's hard for them to get into an Algebra 1 class and jump right in. So there's time now built in the day where a teacher can pull groups of, you know, five to six students. Um, they get to, you know, in Algebra 1, they meet with their own teacher. Mm -hmm. They get to think, fill in what they've learned and kind of teach into a little pre-teaching of what they're going to do in class. Um, to really support those kids that, you know, need the extra, the extra little bit. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. Now we, we did say secondary covers both middle and high school. Uh, yep. what does the math classroom look like at the middle school level? And yeah. maybe how does that compare? I think a lot of parents, you know, they have that memory of high school math and I know middle school math is kind of different for so many people growing right. up especially people our age where it's just like you know depending what town you lived in they handled middle school math differently oh absolutely um so yeah what does that look like yeah well it's interesting i mean i think Wes, you know like when we were in school i, I remember sitting in rows the yep. teacher lectured in the front <laughs> i you know copied quietly you maybe asked a question if you had yep. time and then if you had a few minutes at the end of the period maybe you got to start your homework right that, exactly. that was i think a lot and especially a lot of parents out there that's a lot of the experience they had in math Yep. Um, you know, if you walk into math classroom at the secondary level, six through 12 at this point, um, even the furniture looks different. So yeah. you'll notice that, you know, those traditional desks and rows, they've they've all been replaced with flexible seating yeah. in each of the classrooms. So you'll see, you know, pods, you'll see groups of three, mm -hmm. you'll see groups of tables of six, you'll see um, sometimes groups of two. If it happens to be a test day, yeah, they're back into rows individually. But, you know, the idea is that math is really a collaborative process that you learn, you learn math best by working with others, by talking the idea out, by asking questions specifically of your peers. Um, so a lot of that is you'll yeah. see that collaboration more in a math classroom. Um, and the teacher kind of facilitates that. that. That's, you know, there's obviously opportunity for a whole class discussion um, that a teacher would yep. have. Um, but I think one of the exciting things you'll see in rooms as well is all around, you'll see uh, vertical whiteboards on the wall. Um, or on rollers. Yeah. Um, and that's something you'll even see at the elementary level. So that's, I mean, it's something that's consistent across district. But what's really fun, it's you walk in one of those math classrooms and the level of thinking when a teacher presents like a really rich tasks, they create a random group of three students and then yeah. they go off into their boards and they work through it. They they work with each other as a group. They, you know, peek at their neighbor's um, yeah. ideas, pull an idea and put it into their board. And the teacher really is able to see all the thinking. So if I walk into yeah. a room, I can sit, stand in the middle and look around and I can figure out exactly where students are thinking to be able That's to, so you know, cool. pop in and just kind of ask that question to get them over the hump. But it's, it's showing that, you know, 
students can really tackle really rich, high demanding, non yeah. tasks um, if they work yeah. together. Um, and honestly, that's that's the way the world is working, being able to work in a collaborative team. Yeah. Um, so th there's opportunities for individual, there's opportunities for partner, there's opportunities for growth. So it's, it's just a very different yeah. learning environment. The energy feels very different. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where one, it's like, oh, look, you're actually simulating a real world work environment mm -hmm. where you are. And I, I have to just say a credit to to you guys. The the way math has been modernized here in Ridgefield is also just the connection to real world uh, phenomena. And that's mm -hmm. huge. Like, yep. you know, so often, again, you and I remember back when, you know, you're in the row and it's like, here's a limit function. And you're like, what is it? They're like, ah, oh, whatever. It's just when you, this number turns into this number. And they're like, okay, I don't know. And then you get the typical student response of when am I ever going to need this? Right. <laughs> you know, And now they're like connecting it to all real, real world scenarios, real world, uh, uh, phenomena that they have to interpret and they get to work in groups. It, it's such a different mindset towards mathematics. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it makes students not only able to learn it, but they're, they are their own active participants in that learning. Absolutely. And, and yeah. even if there's, you know, cer there's certain math topics, I think we ought to admit that you Absolutely. Know, once you, you really can't apply it until you get to that higher level calculus or beyond. So yep. sometimes it's for those kinds of skills, it's redeveloping the questions. So it's much more like a puzzle, like a like to help with that critical thinking and problem yep. solving. And it's amazing to see how, you know, how much the students strive to try to get to that answer and work through that process when it's, yeah. when it's a puzzle, you know, exactly. It, you know, they, they find, you know, it's, it's sometimes you have to stop them. It's the bell. Yes. I was in a seventh grade room, the bell rang and students didn't want to leave. I mean, that shows you, you that know, how vested and connected exactly. to it they are. Exactly. And I think it's also a testament to just the classroom teacher as a subject practitioner, where uh, I always say, like, I think people when they when they hear this and it's like, so it's all loosey goosey and the, the kids are disabled. And it's like, no, there is times for the teacher. You know, I, I think lecture is a dirty word that some people. But sometimes I just have to explain something to you correct? because it took humanity 3,000 years to figure this out. <laughs> right. And I think that's a big misnomer. Like a lot of yeah. people are thinking, well, it's all inquiry and the kids have to figure it all out themselves. Yeah. And they don't sometimes realize that there's there's moments where a teacher, they, they do need to, you know, define Teach. something yep. and do something very concrete so that a student is able to use that knowledge in an It's building setting. the foundation. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really like, it, it's masterful how a teacher has to know when do I have to give you information? Yep when can I slowly release information so that you can yep. kind of figure it out? When can I give you that hint? And I know that you and your group can, can take it because you have the tools in your toolbox. So it's exactly, it really shows the art of teaching um, and how difficult it can be. So I, I always, you know, I'm always impressed with teachers in this district. Yeah. Um, and the math teachers are masterful at it. They really are. They really, really are. Um, so uh, what are some of the ways that, like, you know, we have this cl great classroom with these really cool pathways. Um, are there any like extended mathematics opportunities for students, the myths, middle school, high school levels? Absolutely. So, I, you know, I think we're always looking to try to find new opportunities um, to extend. Um, but there's always those students that just really, really love math and just want to keep on going. Um, so I know at the middle school level, you know, we've got our math clubs, you know, in yep. each building. Um, 
which it's just a non, you know, a, a non-pressure way to just look at really fun problems um, yep. and be surrounded by other people that love to solve these kinds of problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, at the, at the high school level, it kind of really opens up. So there is, you know, a more competitive math team. Um, but what I really love about it is there's always been a philosophy that everyone is welcome. No yeah. matter your math background, no matter what course you're in, everyone's welcome. Um, we do have our, you know, competing team, which we call the A team, but then there, you know, there's everyone else that still gets to compete, still gets to answer the questions, still gets to go on the bus, you know, to the math meets. Yeah. Um, and, and just to try it. And I think it's, it's a way for kids to connect with other students that just have a passion for math, um, and to learn math that is outside of our curriculum. Um, so I mean, there's that, there's also, uh, the new England math league It's yep. a competition, it, again, a little bit less of a commitment, um, where it's once a month. Um, they get to stay after school and they get to just answer again six questions. So it's it's a very low key um, mm -hmm. kind of experience. Um, but then I, I mean, even outside of math, there's also applied math. I mean, you you know robotics, for example. Yep. You know, there's a lot of kids that are involved in the robotics program um, or the engineering program. You know, yeah. there's all these other things that are happening um, outside of traditional math. And I, I think that's one of the things that we all need to think a little bit about, even those that are pure mathematicians. Yeah, is that what what is math? You know, yes. think people think math is one lane of, you know, algebra or geometry, yeah. but really, I mean, data, data science, robotics, it's, STEM, it's there's so everything. Much yeah, it's every, and, and even if you think you're not going into a STEM field, mm -hmm. math is touching it <laughs> in, in every way. And, Correct. And, and even if you are going into, we would say non-STEM fields or whatever, uh, math literacy is key. Yes. Still, you know, and I think that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, we were talking earlier, I think that idea that to be a global citizen, to be an effective global citizen, yeah. you really need to have a math literacy. Yes. Because numbers are thrown at you all the time. And yeah. so you want to be you want to be that informed citizen that mm -hmm. is making the right decisions for yourself, for your community, for the larger nation as a whole. Like it's really important that we're developing all our students to be math literate. Absolutely. Ah, so cool. So cool. So cool. All right. Well, um, we're going to have to button up the show because you and I are both very busy today. Uh, but I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule. We'll have to have you on again before the end of the school year to talk about science. Love that. Um, not that you don't have already enough on your play with math alone. but yeah, that's uh, all good. I love it. Yeah. You also do science. <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so again, thank you. I also would want to thank our amazing audience. So if you're listening to this podcast, I already got you. We're the number one podcast here in Ridgefield. We get close to 1500 listens each episode. So we want to hit 2000 people so we could do it. There's enough people in this town that can get the, uh, these episodes up to 2000 listens. But again, thank you so much for, uh, subscribing you can find us on apple podcasts spotify anywhere else fine podcasts can be procured and uh i hope everyone is enjoying the new year i hope everyone had a wonderful restful break and uh again thank you so much jeff yeah thank you Wes, for having me i appreciate it and i want to thank everyone listening to the show uh this is dr d signing off have a great weekend